Welcome to What the Fuck Did I Just Read? The Tech Sales and Marketing Edition. This is going to be a blast. This isn't just a podcast to have a conversation. This is a podcast to affect change. It's kind of our outlet for therapy to just let it rip. Alrighty then, we are back to another episode of What the Fuck Did I Just Read? Tech Sales and Marketing Edition. I'm your co-host, Danny Wolf. And I am the willing cohort, Chris Roberts. My God, I can't breathe. Just saying all that. It's quite long. But we are back. We are back. And this is going to be a blast today. Tenth episode officially legit. Yes. Thank you, Martin. Um, <laughs> we survived. I can't wait, I can't wait till lynched. we get to like, yeah, I can't wait till we get to like a hundred. I mean, we, we essentially could get to a hundred with all the shit that's in your inbox if we do this every day, but. Understatement. Understatement. I mean, seriously, you know, okay. So, so for a little behind the scenes, Danny and I typically get on like 10, 15 minutes early. And uh, I hadn't sent anything over on the spam folder this week. My bad, because I was traveling a couple of times this week. But, um, you know, I just, I cleared out my cleared out my spam folder. I'd actually sent the letter to a bunch of folks in the spam. So already this morning, we already got three Muppets in. And two of them, I'm like, WTF. So they're like, yeah, we already, we got material this morning. It's Monday morning. Welcome to spam. Oh, <sighs> my goodness. Yeah, it didn't take us too long to say, up. Oh cherry pick here's the one that's coming up um unfortunately um any slowdown though since we started or nah not really I, you know i don't think so i uh, unfortunately mm. i don't think so although you know what i am doing and we'll talk about it a little bit in a minute is i'm sending i'm literally sending back that letter so i'd, I'd put a I put a linkedin post out with a fairly generic letter and we can go through the letter i actually want to tune it up a little bit i think it's I want to tune it up a bit, but I've been sending back the letters and I'm hoping a few of the folks have taken me off their list, but a couple of folks actually responded to my, to my letter with like, that's not me. I'm not that bad. And I'm like, you bloody are. Otherwise you'd be getting the sodding letter. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, Bless before you. we get into, before we get into the letter reflections on last week, last week we were in Dallas with some mm. pretty, pretty cool folks. Tell me about that. What was that about? And how was yeah. it? So that was, uh, that was in Dallas with Cecil, or with Cecil, Cecil the CISO. Um, so Cecil runs a uh, XE conference. Um, basically gets a couple of hundred CISOs together and, and some vendors. And the whole idea is a safe space to have conversation, uh, a safe space to discuss what's going on. And quite honestly, a safe space to actually, they raise his money. So Cecil donated, or the, the CISO CX team donated, I want to say it was like almost 30,000. It was like 27,000, wow. like 4,000. So it's actually really, really cool. Um, and uh, I, I tend to like that. That's really nice. You get out there. I took the whiskeys out with me. I got to hang out with Alan Alford as well. So Alan mm. also does a really, really cool podcast. Um, and so we did a little bit. I actually talked about risk and can you measure risk. So it was actually uh, a, a bit of a a bit of a pointed one because you know so many of us in leadership and so many so many people sending emails in go, hey, we can help you quantify risk. And I'm like, mm, not really. And so it was good. It was nice to be out there. Some fantastic folks and people I actually hadn't met before. 
uh, I uh, I got to actually meet face to face for the first time. So you know, I I love the community that's built. And it's really nice to actually see people. So that was cool. Shared whiskeys, mm-hmm. um, hung out, did a talk on stage. Uh, I mentioned us. We had a we had us on stage, which was kind of cool. And it was really a call to action. Like, hey, we've got to do a better job of this. And it's a we. I actually did one slide on how sales and marketing need to do a better job, and I did another slide on how we from the leadership standpoint, need to address things more effectively and more efficiently. So it's a good conversation, hopefully. And did the we conversation resonate? Were people like, mm, yeah, okay, maybe. And, and were there any questions, comments, feedback? Yeah, uh, that was definitely resonated, which is which is nice. Um, and it was interesting. You had the sales and marketing folks come up and said, hey, one, you know, thank you for addressing this. And also thank you for not making it just about us. You know, thanks for actually turning around and saying, hey, as leadership, you need to step up and do things differently. But the the common theme is very much and actually all the C pretty much all the CSOs were like, Yeah, we feel the pain. I'm like, then do something about it. Let's let's stop just talking, stop the hand wringing, stop just fetching about it. Actually take that bloody letter that I've put out there on the LinkedIn post and start sending it back to people. Because at some point in time you know, enough of these damn letters will end up on the tables of some of the leadership folks and the CMOs and the re, you know revenue officers and all the other folks which are driving the wrong message. And and we should get some change moving. So that's a whole lot. <laughs> mm, yeah. Okay. So you talked about what can be done. Do you want to dig into the letter and see like what are the tangibles that can be taken away from it? Yeah, yeah, we'll hit that. We'll be the civilized part first because I've actually found a piece of spam that I want to yell at. Okay, yeah, um, we'll do that and then we'll do the teardown. <laughs> and b- before we do that and the teardown to the audience listening, I don't know, do we have uh, 19 on, maybe 20, maybe 37? I think mine says 19, but sometimes it's more than what it says. In any case, if you have questions or comments or want some feedback, please let us know. We'll bring you on to talk to us and ask us anything. We always love when our audience chimes in and comes on and just chats with us. So uh, be prepared. Send me a message. I'll bring you on the show. All right. It's all you. Let's go. Cool. So the letter, and, and I've actually, I put it up on the LinkedIn post, but nobody's asked for the actual text, which is a bit worrying because either everybody's nodding and agreeing and nobody's going to take action or folks are just going to cut and paste it, which I'm, I'm good with either way, but. It does worry me. So if anybody's actually listening in here and has seen the dear insert another damn name here vendor list and wants a copy of it, hit me up. I've got the Word document version, which means you can do your own thing with it. Um, and it actually says, you know, and it opens it nicely. This isn't an asshole letter. This isn't anything nasty. This is, hey, let's face it. This isn't working, is it? How do we know it's not working? Because you're getting this from me. Uh, it isn't quite an automated response, but it is a call to action, not the action you want, which is, you know, for me to open my calendar closely followed by my checkbook. Here's what I would like from you. And this is my ask. This is, you know, honesty. You know, let's face it. I'm just a number to you. So do some research on me and make it more than about that. Integrity. Some of the claims that some of you make should come with a consumer warning label. I mean, that's, you know, we all know that. Professionalism. This isn't Kirby cleaning sales. I'm not a punter. Mutual respect, change the message, you know, and this actually goes to one of the, one of the messages that came in this morning and transparency sales sucks. Cold calling is the devil on my mobile phone is off limits. How about we change things? You know, and, and I've kept it fairly brief as far as that goes. Then I'm like, okay, 
So what should we do? Now now that we've just hammered this in, what should we do? And this is all part of the letter. I kind of want to shorten it down a bit. And I'm like, number one, pass this back to your CRO, CMO, VP of the sales and marketing folks. You might not be able to affect change, but enough of us say the same thing. Somebody inside the company might take notice. And if you are any of the above, take notice, change the message, the rhetoric, the focus, et cetera. Simple call to action, change. Number two, quality over quantity. How about you make five calls, send three to five emails, and take your time to work out who's on the other end of the line? You know, I, I don't need another robotic inbound message. I don't need something that's irrelevant. I don't need something that's not focused towards me. And honestly, if I see that there's a human on the other end of the line, the chances are I'll be polite on the response back. You know, I'll say, hey, all good, all sorted, ping me in six months. But if I keep getting the automated stuff, you're going to get the automated shit back. Um, number three, don't bribe me. Don't spend money on my vote and don't compound that by holding me hostage to any emotional ties that you think you can install if you get me to hang out for a cup of tea or a coffee. In return, I promise I won't waste your time. I won't tie a kick and I'm not going to go out for those steak dinners. I will come to any meeting with an agenda and a list of questions and you will bring someone who can answer them. You know, and it's, it, to me, that's almost like a social contract. Um, and then number four, opt in, not opt out. If you can do that one thing, you'll go a long way to building trust back in our world. I mean, this is simple stuff, basically. In return, I won't continue to report you to all the spam houses and blacklist you. And so I end it very, very nicely. I'm like, hey, I think we can do this thing. We can change the message and the focus and the conversation to make it productive for everybody. If so, I got one last request after you posted internally, which is simply tell others. You know, spread the message. Enough said. Podcast series over. Like, we don't need to do this weekly. <laughs> that's it, everyone. That's the post. That's the podcast. But no, that's um, it. But that's yeah. it. Now, now we have to do is spread the damn thing to, you know, every one of the thousands of marketing officers that feel like they can do a difference. Mm, yeah. Um, oh, damn. Oh, I, I got a response. I see somebody. I sent three out this morning. Uh-huh. Oh, thank you for your response. Well, that's nice. I'm glad you replied. I will make the changes you have mentioned. Also, I see this as critical feedback to improve me as a better salesperson. Well, that's good. I see we affected change. Now, whether we really affected change, who knows? I might just be off the damn mailing list. But, you know, this is it. It was It was pretty... Uh-oh, what's going on? Are yeah, it looks like, yeah, it looks like a lot of people are getting glitchy. But we will be posting this on the podcast, a bunch of episodes that we have to update. We'll be posting this as audio so that there are no glitches so that if, if anybody is experiencing technical difficulties right now, you can check out the re-recording, the re-recording, the recording after the fact. So yeah, it seems like sometimes LinkedIn is glitchy when you, when you stream on LinkedIn. So unfortunately hmm. we got to shame on them. We got to, we got to tell them that, um, we might be losing some folks here. I hope not, but, uh, yeah. let's, let's continue because we are recording and this will be posted after, after the fact. It'll be live. Yeah, exactly. We'll put it somewhere. I mean, worst case scenario, we'll have to, aside from just kicking LinkedIn, we'll have to maybe, um, go find somewhere else to hide it. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, okay, cool. I mean, the alternative, by the way, we could just move everything to YouTube and people will have to just subscribe to YouTube and that would be our channel. We'll take primary channel but we got to check you know it out. what let's yeah let's a let's check it out and b let's have a conversation everybody that's yeah. listening in um send us your feedback let us know mm. 
Damn, six minutes only played, and we are 11, almost 12 minutes in. Yeah. Uh, sorry, folks. We'll figure it out. Uh, sometimes these things happen, but thank you for staying on. Let's see if it works itself out as we go. Okay, tear down. What do we have? Which Muppet is up next? We we have uh, somebody who has decided to use football as a sales tactic or soccer in America, but football. We're calling it football because it's football for crying out loud. So this one came in. This one came in this morning. Now here's the problem. I do follow football. So let's start with the easy one. I follow this sport. And so I know where Argentina are at this moment in time. I know when they played over a couple of days ago. I know how they did. And so you got this. So the inbound one on this one. Hi, Chris. Do you know Argentina missed record by one match to attain a streak of 37 matches unbeaten? And underdog Saudi broke their streak of 36. Number one, the English on this is pretty terrible. Let's start with the easy one. In fact, pretty terrible is an understatement. Um, Why am I talking about this? Sorry, football fever coming to a point of this mail. I I, I mean, let's, let's just look at this one. First and foremost, you're assuming folks are following football. Secondly, you're assuming that folks are actually following the World Cup. Thirdly, this is America land. Um, not too many folks over here know the difference between football and American football um, and rugby with shoulder pads. So, and then they're like, okay, so you opened with an interesting sentence. Um, first and foremost, you're, you're late to the party because actually Argentina got further on in the match. You should probably be talking about what happened this past weekend to show relevance. What is, and then they, so that, that story for the football fever coming to a point of this mail. What is, what is the company? We help businesses transcribe or add subtitle captions, which turn to add value to content with the help of our AI. Your AI is broken. Your AI is not able to understand or transcribe a very good, simple English sentence. Um, we have a problem with that one, obviously. I work with businesses to up their game in learning for their clients. Read more about us on our website. And I'm just going to leave it there because the rest is pretty much so exactly the same. I have no problem with you saying, hey, I can bring an, an intelligent system to the game. I have no problem with you actually bringing something to the... Now, again, you know, in their defense... Um, in their defense, it doesn't look like the folks are actually... Oh, no, they're based out of the U.S., but the folks that are doing it are not necessarily based out of the US. So you're trying to sell me on an AI model that's able to transcribe accurately an English language, and yet your, your actual email itself doesn't come across in a very, very articulate English way. You've used an old football thing, you've used some other stuff on there, and you've annoyed the hell out of me. Especially if you think I like Argentina or don't like Argentina. Love Messi, don't like how Argentina play. Long conversation on that one. Yeah, I um, build up uh, alternative. <sighs> well, first and foremost, let's start with the spell check your email before you send it out. Not just spell check your bloody email. If your AI is building your damn email, spell check your AI off of your email. If you don't have an algorithm built into your intelligence system that says, hey, let's run this against something from a mm, I don't know, natural language processing system or even run it by a human to double check this darn thing's actually being spelled properly, then we have a problem. Secondly, this goes back to my this goes back to my 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 frustration with the whole thing. Treat me like a human, not just another number. 
the fact that you've probably sent this out to tens, hundreds, or thousands of people, the fact that all you've actually done is probably annoyed tens, hundreds, or thousands of people and filled up their inboxes, annoying the hell out of everybody. Don't get me wrong. I appreciate the football focus, but you just chucked a sentence in there. You didn't actually weave it in. You didn't spend time maybe taking the whole narrative and going, hey, let's have some fun with this. Let's have a little bit of interesting fun with a football-themed inbound message. Mm. Soccer, if you're in this country. All you did, you chucked one sentence in talking about how Argentina missed its streak. um, And uh, who cares? Really? Who cares? I mean, the fact, here's, here's my thing. Morocco have made it to the semifinals. You want to focus on anything in this game? You want to focus on the fact we, for the first time, have an African continent team in the semifinals of the World Cup. That should be the focus. How do we celebrate it? I don't know. Let's celebrate it by spending 10 minutes on the phone toasting Morocco and maybe five minutes of a conversation about what the heck we're up to and why we think it maybe is relevant to you. You know, that would have been a much more effective inbound one. That would have been more focused. That would have been, hey, I, I'm showing a bit of reality on this one. So, yeah, completely missed the mark. Mm. All right. I mean, my buddy, you got to do some work. What? Um, I'm trying to see if there's anything else from like a few months ago, by the way, that we haven't covered that have actually absolutely great great feedback from the community or shall we dig into one more before we get into uh, live questions on the junk stuff i mean yeah we can go with a whole bunch of them i mean there's just i mean i literally can just oh these are the ones i'm hating actually these are the ones that are starting to I think LinkedIn, you get a lot of them on LinkedIn's getting pretty bad for its hello, I see you're in the security industry. Would you like to certification? Mm. But we still get a whole bunch of the inbound, hey, would you like would you like to buy a list? Mm. Or would you like to you know, I just got I just got one of these ones. If you're waiting for CMMC to start compliance, you're already behind. I mean I, I you know, I think we'll do an overall thing. I hate the assumptions. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the the old saying, an assumption makes an asshole out of you and me. It is very, very true. Also, typically, unfortunately, in spam, an assumption makes an asshole out of you and makes you look like an idiot to me. Um, <clears throat> I think it was, it's really frustrating when, when you... And, and this is, I think, where you, you almost want to respond back and go, what the hell do you think you're talking about? you didn't spend the five minutes or the 10 minutes even understanding your damn client base. You made a simple assumption that, you know, we're waiting for compliance or we're waiting for this. You didn't even check. And I think that's what really frustrates the heck out of me is for some reason or other, folks in sales and marketing and direct marketing seem to think the CISOs are sitting and waiting around for, you know, for the next thing to turn up or for the next peace to arrive or for the next whatever widget we're waiting for more people to call us so we can have conversations i uh i I don't feel like they've actually taken the time to understand what the hell a CISO actually does during the day and that maybe i don't know we're working on compliance on a pretty much so daily basis along with everything else we have on our plates so there's a there's an inability to understand the audience yes 
hence why audience first exists. However, beyond the stuff that we do at audience first, beyond the services and beyond the help that, that we provide with the actual CISOs and security practitioners, if that's not an option for a startup or a particular person within a go-to-market you know, function, what could they do to better understand you? And, it, you know, yeah, we understand legwork, we understand LinkedIn stuff, but like what, what could they do to understand your maturity, to understand your business, to understand the frameworks and the compliance? I mean, are you suggesting they do Sec Plus or are you suggesting they do some kind of certification or what's your I'm, I'm, suggesting, I'm suggesting they understand the industry more effectively. Okay, and but how? Learn. I mean, to your point, learn. I mean, you can even Google it. I mean, you can go out to the internet mm -hmm. or even ask, you know, even come to the table. You know, you think about it, an inbound email that says, hey, you know, I'm if I'm assuming that you are whatever, rather than coming to the table and saying, hey, as a CISO, we understand you have responsibilities. One of them is obviously compliance and regulation. Looking at the aviation industry, you're probably dealing with A, B, C, and D. How about we have a conversation to better understand where you're at and if it's possible to help you? Or how about having a conversation, 10-minute conversation, to help you consolidate those requirements? Right. You know, just something to, to acknowledge the fact that they know enough about the industry to know that we're already busy. They know enough right. about what we're doing to understand that we're probably not sitting with our thumbs up our asses waiting for something to actually happen. Mm -hmm. um, and that we're actually busy working on the regulatory side, the fiduciary side of the world. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, you know, truthfully, I mean, it's one of the things we're looking for at the moment. We had, we had about three companies on point that we were working with. to. <laughs> <laughs> Danny's Wolfmart has Jeez. decided to, to introduce introduce themselves to the podcast. That's awesome. <laughs> Are they they're introducing me to the podcast every single day with the different air flowing around in the room. Oh, I can only imagine. <laughs> if we're going yeah. to drop flatulent jokes on on the call today, but um, oh. uh, yeah, probably some kind of uh, <laughs> package arrived to the door. But um, intermission. Uh, yeah. Okay. You were saying. No, I think it's, it'd be, you know, it's, I, you take a look at these ones and I don't need to be talked to as if I don't know what I'm doing in this role. So a, a more effective message is, is basically like, hey, you're the CISO. We're going to make an assumption you're already up to your neck in, in compliance and regulatory stuff. Given that, how can we help you? make sense of it, untangle it, be more efficient in how you report it out. Something along those lines is likely to catch the eye. But a simple email that tells me about, you know, what CMC, CMMC is, what NIST 800-171 is, and what my defensive posture should look like is, is going to go nowhere. Because if I don't know that and I'm in this role, then I probably shouldn't be here in the first place. Right. Can I um, mention one more tactic, which I think irks me beyond belief because I've been experiencing it lately in emails that I've been getting from people. It's the um, opt out of an email, but we're still going to call you beyond and like, and 
<laughs> on your personal phone number, like even if you say no? I mean, how many times have you gotten that where, well, one, you've tried to opt out, but you can't opt out because there's no opt out function on the on the email. And two, you say, yeah. please do not contact me, but then they call you regardless. Oh my gosh. I've been experiencing that so much this, uh, this week that it's just driving me nuts. It's driving me nuts. I have to block phone numbers on, on my, um, on my phone. And it comes from actually companies that mention that they're all about customer experience. So I'm just like, guys, you got it way wrong. <laughs> So I'll give a shout out. I, I actually won't mention the company because um, they've been talked about a couple of times on here. But I will give a shout out because I was growling. Um, Mar- I was actually growling at Maria uh, about the fact I was still getting spam from their organization. And um, and so she did some internal digging to her credit and, and much appreciated on my part. Got hold of somebody further up on the leadership food chain and said, hey, what the hell's going on? Internally they realized that they apparently had some old campaign that had been running for a couple of years, completely unattended, that new people equals getting these messages. And apparently they'd been moving from one other system to another. And and, and instead of opt-out being opt-out, opt-out actually opted you in. And everybody who'd opted in got opted out. So yeah, they'd reverse their logic. So um, to their credit, they picked up the phone, they did a mea culpa, and they said, hey, we're fixing it. Now, my advice to them was stand up and be counted and say that, you know, tell people, hey, look, we're sorry, we screwed up. Um, we had something running we didn't realize was running. And by the way, we'd reversed our logic and we're sorry, therefore have at it. So I think, you know, it behooves everybody to, you know, it's back to that mistakes. We all make mistakes, everything screws up. And I think standing up and admitting to them, again, makes you more human. Oh, and yeah. so my, my counsel to them was A, thank you, but B, stand up, put a message out to everybody and say, oh, put a message out, put something on the site, even put a LinkedIn post out or even come on the show and say, hey, look, yeah, we goofed up. It took one of our customers to go, hey, something's going wrong here and I'm getting still getting messages. What the hell? Yeah. It also took them digging into it because that was not an easy dig. It sounded like it took them a while to figure out what the hell was going on. To the credit, they did it, which is really nice to see. Mm-hmm. That's good. Taking feedback yeah. and changing it up. Um, we do have a question actually from Jason. He mentioned something, and I have some commentary on it. Uh, he had li- uh, asked, what percentage of emails do you think are automated through marketing sending on behalf of someone? And I think that someone is probably sales. And my opinion is that I don't have a number, but in my opinion is that it's a very high percentage. And if it's not marketing, then it's definitely automated with rules that based on the prospect behavior triggers another action. Now, I talked about this a few, a few, a few episodes ago where Chris had gotten an email from a sales development representative he responded back, which I think the sales development representative didn't expect Chris to respond back with feedback on what not to do. And then that triggered an email back to Chris. Oh, thanks for your response. By the way, we do X, Y, Z, and we would love to get on a call, but you didn't even read the email, honey. (laughs) Chris just slammed you for doing something that was not right in the security practitioner book. It's not about the automation. It's not about who sends it. It's about it's about the context of it all, right? 
Um, one, I think the fact that marketing is is writing emails for sales professionals, I think is is broken. Um, I think marketing could take a look and help a little bit in terms of of some context based on research they've done. But I think it should be personalized based on the sales uh, sales representative and the relationship they have with the the audience. Um, and automation, I'm not a huge fan of automation for for outreach unless unless it somehow makes the the process more efficient from a for the buyer, not for them specifically, right? I know that's a little bit like against what these tools are for, but if it's not helping the buyer, then automation is is out the door for me. Chris, what do you think? Uh, 100%. Uh, so I'll add to this one. Um, one of the interesting ones, to your point, is is the variety of different campaigns. So perfect example, uh, the folks who we just basically are doing managed security work, a new client was going into these drip campaigns. And it was a series of, you know, four four messages, I think is what they told me, over a period of time. And I'm like, so you've got all these little rules set up when a new client comes in or when a contact is made at a conference or I had to give somebody a warning today, uh, yesterday, um, because they made an intro to me. Uh, we're talking about doing some some interesting stuff with some logging and they made an intro. And my first message back was, do not add me to a database just because I might be a prospect. Because the problem is you get added into a database and you might be a drip campaign or you might be a campaign for once a year or once every six months or something. But you end up in these bloody campaign systems and you just can't be found. And so it goes back to this opt-in, not opt-out thing. I don't mind being in a sales database because mm-hmm. you know somebody's got to track the progress and track what's going on. But that sales database should not be marketing's way to outbound spam the hell out of somebody on an automated basis. Um, so I think you're right. I mean, the problem is, I think, is there's also probably a lack of knowledge. So when I contact somebody on sales or I speak to somebody who's an account rep, whatever the hell you want to call them, I don't think that they are always fully aware as to exactly what they're about to let their prospective clients into. You know, they're told you have to put them in a CRM. You have to put them in Salesforce or something. And at that point, marketing or the whoever's doing the outreach gets hold of them and basically abuses them beyond what maybe that account rep promised. Mm-hmm. And yet they don't know what's fully what's going on. So I think it's it's more probably more prevalent than we think. All right. Yeah. Um, Jason has another question, actually. I'm, I'm trying to get him on, but uh, for the sake of time, I'm going to. Uh, yeah, let's just do Q&A. It's, we seem to have glitchy weirdness going on. So if marketing sends these terrible emails, but a salesperson follows up with an eye-catching email, uh, do you dismiss the company? I think you basically answered this, but uh, he's he's mentioning that 90% of sales emails are automated. Sales get stuck because automation doesn't allow for personalization. Yeah, that's basically what we were saying. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's tough. I mean, it's you know perfect example. I had one. I'm actually looking at it now. Um, he said, because he just moved somewhere else. I mean, I had one. I, I even sent back a... I sent him back. Uh, you know, I got a, hey, call with our founder and CEO message. And it was one of these, it was, uh, it was a technology company that wanted to tell me they had some amazing stuff that was not really relevant to what I'm doing. So I sent them back the form letter. 
I then basically got a message back which says, hello, Chris. I've lost the down thing. There we go. Thank you very much for your constructive feedback. I don't think you might reread the whole thing on our email campaign. I can understand your points in message seeming too broad and not personal. Okay, so you read the first sentence. I did actually select your organization because we are specifically looking for product feedback during our beta state or beta stage in manufacturing and aerospace companies. I'm like, one, you didn't say that. Mm. Secondly, it sure as hell didn't sound like that. Thirdly, you want product feedback. No. See, again, this is one of those sales tactics. I had another one on LinkedIn. Hey, we just want we want some feedback on, on our messaging. Do you want feedback or are you trying to sell me? There is a big difference. I'm happy to give you feedback. In fact, I'll probably hand you off to you, hand them off to you. But if they actually want me to take a look at it and go, hmm, it sucks, or hmm, yeah, the market would like it, what I don't want that next question is, is, well, are you willing to give it a go? Because that's, that's entrapment, and I don't like that. Mm, all right. That's interesting because that's generally a, a good tip that I give to people is, is, okay, well, how do I get my foot in the door with my buyers? For me, it, it was, hey, I need feedback on how to do better. Um, the, there were no other motives. It, was, it wasn't to sell. It was to actually do better so that the selling could be better. Uh, but if you're saying that that approach is still fishy, what would make it's, it less fishy? It's tough. It, it is tough because, again, that tactic's also being used. To, it, to get a foot in the door is different than to try to sell me something. I'm fine with giving feedback. I will give yeah. feedback. But as long as it's just giving feedback, if it's giving feedback, closely followed by, hey, we'll give you a full trial. No, that, that's not giving feedback. The yeah. feedback is I'm happy to help you. I'm happy to spend mm -hmm. 30 minutes trying to explain to you on something or trying to look at maybe the industry as a whole, but mm -hmm. don't try and sell it to me. All right. Or if, or if you are going to, slow roll it because I don't have time to deal with everything at the same time. Yep, 100%. All right, we have Jason yeah. coming on, actually. Jason, we had uh, asked and answered his questions, but we'll bring him on to see what he has to say or ask. Jason, how's it, do how's it going? Hey, it's good. Thank you. Hey, how's Appreciate it going? It. It's good. So I think um, you did answer some of the questions. I guess part of what we talked about is um, sort of that push and pull between marketing and sales. And from our perspective, I think we just want to chime in here that um, a lot of times those automated emails create those awkward situations. And it's probably much more prevalent than you would imagine, especially for a small startup. They build their entire campaign around campaigns mm -hmm. uh, and you know i've seen it i was telling her about when we had a toilet flush campaign where we would literally <laughs> ask companies to flush their budget and it was probably one of the worst emails maybe it'll make your list but <laughs> you know then, <laughs> then we're stuck and we have to follow up on these and it's all tracked and to your tracked question we would also like to get out of having to track every single conversation, but it's required that every conversation has a dollar value next to it, just to give you an idea of exactly how that happens. Uh, now, okay, so uh, I've, this is where it gets interesting because I've sat on that side of the fence, both running my own organizations where we've had to build sales campaigns, but also working inside some interesting, you know, vendors and suppliers and all that kind of side of the world. I know a lot of the times we would track a lot of stuff through the likes of Salesforce, one better way of putting it. 
we would track if we went out and had a conversation we track a few other things but it definitely wasn't that regimented so yeah typically it's tracked but the idea is as especially in the new economy what you're going to start finding is as these companies are missing their sales goals they change the bar to where they do the tracking so that's the important thing to keep relevant here there's different percentages as you know in salesforce as to when they start actually putting it in the forecast but from a revenue generation perspective marketing wants to track the value of a campaign so they're it, there is no way to not have it tracked is what I'm saying. It might not be specifically by a forecasted deal, but there's plenty of solutions out there and ways that they want to track the value of a campaign. And that could right. be number of clicks or number of interactions. And then ultimately that gets funneled down to track the value of an, an actual conversation. You know, it's interesting you say that number of interactions. I mean, so I'm I'm kicking back now, and and I'm encouraging everybody. That's why I have that letter sitting out on LinkedIn, and I'll send it to anybody that help anybody that hits me up on LinkedIn and says, "Hey, can I have a copy of it?" I'll send it. Are they tracking negative reactions? In other words, that letter, or is it just a reaction? No, no. In fact, I've had that whole discussion. I had that discussion one time with marketing at a startup that I was at, and typically the value is you know any any interaction is good interaction we all know that and we hear that and that's pretty much the standard yeah that's a challenge because i mean at the end of the day i mean i'll i'll name names there are times i'll go on linkedin and i'll name names and that and all will go on to the tinkerers group and i'll be like hey this this a bunch of muppets don't go anywhere near them oh that was interesting um (laughs) You know, and so to me, that's not any interaction is a good interaction. I mean, you know, there's an age old adage, which is, you know, any, any media is good media or whatever else it might be. And, and I would argue heavily against that one in some ways. Maybe we should ask Maria because she had a great example there, right? The theory is that those things accidentally kept going. The reality is likely that if anything is getting hits, it doesn't get turned off. Yeah, which which again is not a good thing. That's a that's a, a, a that's a nice thing, but that's a shitty way to to operate. I mean, like a really really bad way to operate. That that I mean, from a trust perspective, you want to talk about the lack of trust in the world. That's terrible. Because well, you if we're going to change it, that's the, the, the way that it's mostly done. That's yeah. the standard. Yeah, I that's. Oh, oh god. Yeah, we got spam in here. Yay! Chris, do something about it. <laughs> is, this in, is this in LinkedIn or is this in, is this in, is this in YouTube? This is in YouTube. Motherfuckers. I hate that stuff. That is the one downside of YouTube is, is, um, is all that crap. And we're reporting. Yep. Yay! <laughs> I'm not sitting on the I'm not sitting on the YouTube one, but I will go back and reflect upon this one, and, and we'll, we'll we'll um we're gonna have a little bit of fun at their expense. You used to get it in the shit show every now and again, so you just you, the unfortunate you just report it and delete it. We appreciate sisters here. We don't do that. But cool, yeah. That's weird. Dis- weird detra- detraction there for a yeah. Monday Monday night um i'm interested i mean that that would be an interesting conversation to have with 
marketing, like getting a whole bunch of Danny. I mean, you had that marketing place. You're you're a member on the that the marketing place. You came into the U.S. To me, that would be an interesting conversation to have. Which is truly, do you opt people out, or truly, when somebody responds, do you actually take notice of that response? Do you take them out of the system, or are you simply clicking any interaction as good interaction? Because that sucks no. if that's the case. Yeah, no. I mean, if they have opted out, they're they're done. They're done. They're out. We don't engage. Um, not every interaction for the sake of the we do, we just exit. We we respect that, um, especially because we've gotten you know, hey, like please take me off the list. Fine, no problem. We'll t-. Sometimes it even gets to the CEO, like, hey, why is this coming to me? And then the CEO would come to us and say, please remove them from the list. So we always respected those wishes. We've never been shady and, and continued on, well, that's you, on other tracks. That's, that's you and that's probably some of the organizations. I'm, yeah. interested, in the, I'm interested in the broader thing because so, I mean, from Jason's point, you've worked on that side of the fence as well. And it sounds like that's not always the case. I, I think it's less on the opt-out, Chris. I think I was focusing more on negative responses. So I think the question you had was negative responses, right? Yeah. Okay. So, so less, negative less responses. The opt-out, I think, is different. Yeah. Negative responses. Okay. All right. Because yeah. it's an automated system that's going to see right. that there was a response. And you mentioned it earlier. We automatically got a response. That now yeah. you do a demo. So if you're a sales rep and somebody responds, and then you're stuck in this loop, as you can see, where we get stuck, right? And then there's these multiple interactions, and sometimes they don't line up yep yeah i i mean i was always in now looking back i'm wondering why i never actually asked why are you disgruntled and frustrated like (laughs) i guess i was scared (laughs) at the time i would have wanted to say like hey like you're sounds like you're really upset right now what did we do wrong i I wish looking back i would have done that and i think i got you know i i i grew some some strength and and um and I'm going to be politically correct, cojones, like later on in my career to actually ask that. Um, but I wish I would have done that earlier in my career. That's a good, uh, it's a good way to, to improve. But um, yeah. All right, Jason. Um, anything else? No, thanks. Just cool. Just uh, appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We'll have to carry on this. That'll be an interesting conversation to carry on somehow or other. I kind of want to dig into it because, you know, I'm sending, I mean, I mean I'm now literally taking that message, cutting and pasting and dropping it in. And to me, that's uh, I don't want it to be seen as just a, an interaction equals keep talking to the bugger because no, that ain't going to work. It's a, Hey, mm-hmm. effect change. And so if, so then the question becomes one of how, how yeah. do we affect change? How do we talk to the CA? How do we talk to the folks that actually should be able to look at these and go, huh, maybe we should do something different? Yeah, I, de- I definitely, I'm just going to chime in. I definitely think what you're doing, Chris, is great. The fact that you're reaching out to the practitioner side to to actually communicate what the issues are, not just say this sucks, but here's what you can do about it to the right people. On the other hand, I think that you know, as go-to-market professionals, right? As business professionals, marketers, sales, even customer success, I think we need to do a better job of educa- educating ourselves of on your lens of the world, whether it's um, 
not just the generalized CISO role, but you as a CISO at Boom Supersonic Aerospace, the innovation space, right? Or, you know... I mean, it's, uh, it's all of us. I mean, the entire yeah. bloody audience. I mean, every... I have yet to come across a CISO that's like, yeah, I'm happy to get all these messages. I mean, yeah. every single one of us wants to take somebody out on the other side of that email and freaking shoot them. We're yeah. done with this bullshit. Yeah. Every single one. Now, the caveat is there's still a bunch of them which like the free lunches and like the golf and all that crap. But for the most part, most of us are sick to death of this shit. Mm. Uh, but that's, but that's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I would suggest in an ideal world, what you would have is a sales rep reaching out to you directly where they can go ahead and do all those things that we want to do and look at your LinkedIn profile and understand your industry and understand the business. But I would say that interaction is less than 10% of the actual interaction. And I would think mm -hmm. that's really part of the real issue there is that how do you educate on both sides? where it allows you to maybe just accept the fact that you're going to have a certain amount of spam, but maybe there's individual contacts from those emails that are worthwhile or from those individuals, or you just have yeah. to throw out the entire company because they've decided to do the spam. That's kind of the difficult. Well, part. and I mean, I think that's it. Yeah. And actually to your point, uh, I worked for one of the companies I remember working for, um, who's now since been acquired, but I remember starting there and going through LinkedIn and, um, I ran across a name of somebody in the company who wasn't in the company. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? A marketing said, hey, yeah, we created this avatar like a year or two ago for reach outs. I'm like, you got to be what? I'm like, mm -hmm. they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we created it and we use it. All I'm like, so you're starting off by lying to people about who you actually. I'm like, that's that was terrible. I mean, it sucked. But I think you're right. It happens. I am an avatar. The first company that I've ever worked for in startup startup space in Israel made me an avatar. So I, you know, transformed. I cut my hair when I went to Tel Aviv and I used to be a long blonde hair chickie. And they took my college pick, plastered it on the LinkedIn and started using that to reach out to, to people, to buyers in, in enterprise companies. It still exists out there. Seriously. Ouch. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Shady. Ouch. Shady. But I don't know. That those I know those companies that make shit make a shitload of money running with that shady tactic. Uh, I in, know. Yeah. In the security space, it's really bad. We should maybe bring them down. Anyway. Uh, Jason, a pleasure as always. Uh, we love to have you on the show. You're always welcome to come back. Uh, Maria, you will not see that avatar. We are not going to show it to anybody. <laughs> 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 Nobody's oh, allowed. Uh, actually, I think they changed the pick. I'll show you the pick. Actually, I'll send the pick to anybody who wants to. That will. Um, but yes, okay. We are at 47. What? Let's let's do uh, last thoughts before we head off uh, for the week and and my vacation. What would you like to impart on the audience today? Ooh, this is an interesting one. I'm kind of debating on this one. Uh, so you know, here's what I want. Uh, it, this is, and I think this is why I love doing this because this is there's two sides to this. Mm -hmm. There is definitely the 
you know, talking with Jason, it, it's tough. Things have got to change, but but how do you affect that change efficiently and effectively? I'm not sure how we do it properly, but I think it's, it's, there's two sides to it. There is definitely, it's going to take more than just you and I. Mm-hmm. It is going to take people taking this letter, customizing it for their own. I'm probably going to put another version of this out at some point in time this week, and I'll offer both versions. I'll put them somewhere on the damn internet for all I care. We can plug it on the site, on the website. Oh, yeah. Well, I said you've got the text. Yeah, so yeah. feel free to format it and tick it off, and I'll, I'm probably going to do a version too. But to me, it's going to take all of us. It really, really is. It's going to take people, as I said in the LinkedIn post, don't just stand there and complain. Don't just wring your hands. Don't think you can do nothing. There are things you can do on both sides of it mm-hmm. whether you're on the sales marketing side going how do i affect change take copy of the letter send it to the marketing folks send them this mm-hmm. or from the CISO leadership side of it if you're sitting there going how do i deal with this respond send every yep. single one of them this or do something but sitting there doing nothing won't change so nice and put it get off your ass and do something i love it i love it i love it i think i'll i'll uh end today's session with um be as curious as you can to educate yourself on the world of the security practitioner. Define who you need to learn about and ingrain yourself in their world from a business side, from a technical side. I'm not saying be technical and go get certifications, but understand their world. And if you're having a hard time identifying what those pillars are, let me know. Let Chris know. We could give you some guidelines on what you could learn from a minimum uh, perspective. And if anything, if you would have a course, if we could create a course for you, what would you like to learn? Drop that in the Mm. comments, send that to us, send it to me, to Chris. Let us know what specifically you would like to learn from from an educational standpoint. And I'd be happy to round up information for you. So... That's what I'm going to sign off with today. Love it. You're awesome. And have a couple of fantastic days uh, with you and yours. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I am taking some well-deserved time off to lower the stress levels and just relax. So Good. uh, All right. I think we have one more comment. Gary Books. Do we want to say Gary Books? Oh, uh, Gary Haysler books. I think those yeah. are Gary Haysler's books. Um, yeah, he's got a couple. Just look him up online. Gary Haysler's got some fantastic books. I'll double check. Cool. Um, although somebody else has said I have some books for Yeah, I'll, You know, I need to do another post with a list of books. I'll do that. I'll put another post out with a list of books. There we go. Cool. Cool. All right, everybody. This has been another episode of What the Fuck Did I Just Read? Thanks for listening in. And sorry for the glitches on LinkedIn. We'll have a chat with him. Chris, you're awesome as always. We are out. 